Welcome to Video Village, I'm Mihir Shah. Today we are talking about the Golden Globes. What are the Golden Globes? How does it work? Uh, should you pay attention to who's being nominated and who's, uh, who's winning? How much does that matter compared to the Oscars? We're going to talk about all those things and we're going to talk about the actual nominations themselves. So the Golden Globes uh, usually take place in January. They are usually the first award ceremony uh, in award season. Uh, usually it starts with the Golden Globes in January and then ends with the Oscars in like February or March. Nowadays, March uh, more often. Uh, it's pretty unserious, if I had to say. Um, I think the Golden Globes are fun for me because... You have, uh, I guess first you have, you have film and TV awards being given out. So you have a lot of famous people in the room. And so it's really fun to just see like your favorite celebrities and, uh, a lot of famous actors and a lot of famous people, uh, all get together and do bits and they're all drinking. And it's just like an incredibly loose environment compared to any other award show that you'll see. So that's a lot of fun. The opening monologues are always fun. My favorite hosts in the past have always been uh, either Ricky Gervais or T when Tina Fey and Amy Poehler used to team up. Um, so yeah, I, I, they're they're all very like celebrity focused, and, and that's just like who the Golden Globes are. Um, that the organization, the Hollywood Foreign Press, which ran the Golden Globes up until this year. Uh, was a infamously and notoriously, uh, I guess, like, influenced organization. They, they would often uh, give awards and give nominations out to famous celebrities because the famous celebrities were hanging out with them, and they were like, hey, if you come get dinner with me, I'll, I'll vote for you for blah, blah, blah. Like, it was, like, so obviously known that bribes and, like, I guess just, like, closeness with... The members of the press association were how you get uh, nominated, and that's exactly what celebrities would do. And so that's kind of how it got to this place where uh, it's so unserious and people don't really take it seriously. So uh, I guess let's talk about let's talk about the beginning of the Hollywood Foreign Press, what exactly they are, and what exactly went down to lead us to the place that we are now. The, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is basically a group representing international journalists who reported on the American entertainment industry in Hollywood. And, uh, you know, they, they're a nonprofit and any, any revenue from the actual ceremony that they got were used to donate to charities and scholarships. So there was some good, I guess, going on. Pretty much for the last 70 years, there have been scandals and controversies. Um, first of all, this group of, uh, the, the Hollywood Foreign Press is a group of international journalists, right? Like, uh, the idea there was, let's get uh, a global group of people to come in and vote on American movies. It, it, the idea sounds good. We get a diverse perspective. We get a lot of international representation. Uh, it'll be great. And basically what happened is that the actual group ended up being incredibly exclusive. I think as of last year, there was like 310 members of the entire association so there was only 310 people voting on all of the awards uh for for context i think the oscars 
or the Academy Awards has uh, 10,000 members. The Emmys have 20,000 members. So, like, 310 journalists is nothing. They also, like, uh, very notoriously excluded serious journalists. There was a lot more people who were, like, pop entertainment, pop culture journalists that really only cared about, like, hanging out with celebrities and were not really taken seriously in their own industry. Um, and so the actual quality of the members of the... Uh, press association and of course the awards were kind of brought down because of that and like i said for the last 70 years there's been accusations after accusations of uh you know basically bartering awards and uh, buying attention personal uh, favors with celebrities to kind of get nominations uh so i think like the time i remember even as a kid remember that uh the golden globes just being really really weird was that i think in 2010 2010 or 2011 uh they nominated this movie the tourist for best picture uh and like all the best acting awards for angelina jolie and johnny depp and like i had never even saw the tourist but even i whenever i'd look it up was like oh people say the tourist is the worst movie ever like literally the worst movie of all time i've never seen it I, i won't say how good or bad it is i'm sure it's not incredible but the fact that uh, you know a critically panned movie was getting nominated for uh best movie at this award show really just goes to show that like okay like clearly critics are not aligned on this at all uh and there's something fishy going on here turns out angelina jolie had like personally lobbied members of the hollywood foreign press association and so she got uh you know a a nomination for the film so yeah there's just like really stupid stuff um they also, of course, like all award shows, have been called out for their lack of representation, mainly for their lack of black representation. So that was actually the reason that I think a year or two ago, there was uh, calls for boycott within the industry uh, because there there literally was like zero black people in the in the uh, press association, and so uh, so many people said they were they weren't going to go that they actually had to cancel the broadcast and. They made it like a non-televised private event where they just like reported out the awards. Um, definitely a big L. And yeah, now as of this year, um, there's been a big change. So the Hollywood Foreign Press Association uh, has gone under a reorganization. And so the actual Golden Globe Awards are now kind of owned by Dick Clark Productions, uh, which... It's the same company that's been doing like the uh, New Year's Eve broadcast with uh, Anderson Cooper and what's his face, uh, Andy Cohen, and uh, it's now a for-profit event. The Hollywood for- Foreign Press Association no longer exists. It's been uh, whatever the word is dis- disavowed, disbanded, um, completely gone. And so the idea here is that maybe the Golden Globes will start to carry some weight in the industry again because for years and years it really has just been a vehicle to, like, A, get press uh, for movies and celebrities, and B, to just for people to cozy up to each other within the industry. Um, and, of course, for us to, like, go look at our favorite, our favorite celebrities and see what they're wearing and have a couple laughs at home. It doesn't really matter that much for us. I mean, it's kind of fun. Um, but, yeah, I, I, think, I think that there's a chance, there's a chance that this awards show starts to kind of take itself more seriously. But yeah, if I had to 
really put my money on it, I wouldn't. I mean, I think the nominations from this year kind of go to show uh, that they're like maybe they're they've gotten a little bit better, but like it still feels like kind of the same thing. Um, they also have like some really weird categories that they've brought in this year that we'll talk about soon as well. Um, one other thing I want to mention as like a controversy is that the uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association often would not nominate Asian or Asian American movies for uh, best movie. Like they would only nominate those movies for best foreign language film. And so like even this year, uh, like Past Lives, which I, I think is the best movie of the year. I haven't done an episode on yet, but I will be definitely uh, is nominated for both best picture and uh, best foreign language film which I guess it's a foreign language film, kind of, because it's there's a lot of Korean in it, but also, like, it's a fully American production. Um, so it's not, like, a international feature or anything like that. Um, anyway, the movies like Parasite and The Farewell uh, and Minari have all been excluded from the best picture category in the past and only been nominated slash won uh, the, the foreign language film category. Uh, so just like some really weird stuff that like doesn't apply to other movies like that come come from different parts of the world like that. Um, Inglorious Bastards, for example, was nominated for Best Picture, and that movie is like mostly German. Uh, so just like a lot of anti-Asian racism going on beneath the surface there. So yeah, in general, this organization sucks. Like, there's just no way to uh, beat around the bush. There, it's a really just awful and toxic organization. And so I'm glad that it's disbanded. This is a good thing for the industry and for this award show. Hopefully like this can help it sort of start to rebrand itself. Um, but only time will tell. Let's get into the nominations. Let's talk about what we're, what we're seeing here. Like I said before, this is the first award show on the, I guess like award circuit for the year. So once this kind of airs, this airs January 7th, uh, there's about two months until the the Oscars actually are awarded. And so this kind of sets into motion, uh, I guess, like momentum for different movies. It's kind of like a good place to know where they're at in the public eye, especially like if if you win here at the Golden Globes, you kind of have a target on your back in terms of like uh, people kind of making sure that they that you don't win at the Oscars and that their movie wins instead. I mean, it's pretty common that movies that are nominated and are, are winning Golden Globes don't make it to the Oscars, or if they do make it, certainly don't win. Um, and I think that's just a momentum thing. I think two months is a really long time to kind of stay at first place. And <clears throat> I think last year, Everything Everywhere All at Once was um, a bit of an anomaly in terms of like a movie staying at the, fr the front there. Um, but even some of the actor acting awards Austin Butler won for Elvis at the Golden Globes. And then of course lost to Brendan Fraser for the whale last year for best actor at the Oscars, um, which is like kind of inevitable. I'm not going to say, I don't know who should have won. I haven't even seen the whale. It's been a year, but Austin Butler was fantastic. I think he had a lot of momentum coming out of the Golden Globes and then just wasn't able to kind of keep at the top of the race for two straight months. Uh, like I said before, there's TV uh, nominations and awards given out. I'm not going to be talking about those. Um, if you're interested in television, feel free to look up these awards. Uh, see for yourself who was snubbed and any surprises that you see. 
Let's get into the movie awards. Uh, I'm going to start at the bottom of this list for funsies. Yeah, so the bottom of this list, there's a, there's a really weird award that they've invented this year. The award is called Cinematic and Box Office Achievement. Now, in my mind, it's like, okay, if it's box office achievement, then award the movie that made the most money, which I believe would be Barbie. Um, but that's not what this is called. That's This is Cinematic and Box Office Achievement. Uh, which I just don't understand what the award is actually trying to celebrate. Like, are they trying to celebrate the, the number of people that came out? The number of, I, I, I just don't understand what this is trying to do. I think at the very least, it's trying to get more famous people to the event, which like, sure, that works. I mean, Taylor Swift, the heiress tour is a nominee in this category. Uh, let me read the nominees. So for cinematic and box office achievement, we have Barbie. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, movie I actually just watched. Pretty good. Uh, John Wick Chapter 4, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Oppenheimer, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the Super Mario Brothers movie, and Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour. That's like, I, th- I think that's like kind of fair given that like Taylor Swift did uh, make a lot of money without going through a studio for The Eras Tour concert movie, but you know, good for her. I think this is also just a cheap way of being like, hey, Taylor Swift, come to the Golden Globes. Um, there's no performances or anything at the Golden Globes. So like this is literally just to like have her in the room and have a couple shots of her on camera. I don't understand what like like I think the only things that pro- probably could ever win this category would be Barbie and Taylor Swift, the Air Tour. I don't, I don't understand what other achievement there really is besides like, okay, you made the most money or you made the most money without going through a studio. Everything else is like, okay, you made a lot of money and people came and watched your thing, but like, what, what are we even awarding? I don't get it. So kind of a stupid one. Let's move on. Best original score. Uh, the six nominees here are, uh, gosh, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Jerskin Fendrix for Poor Things, a movie that I am dying to see but i have not seen yet uh ludwig gorenson for oppenheimer which i think needs to win all the awards uh mika levy for the zone of interest daniel pemberton for spider-man across the spider-verse robbie robertson for killers of the flower moon and for some reason there's no artist listed but the boy and the heron the uh newest and quote-unquote last miyazaki film uh released this month so best original score i think should go to oppenheimer been on the record about this for a long time i guess ever since watching it but who knows um i don't really know where things stand here and, and how people feel about these these movies and these movie scores spider-man across the spider-verse i think actually has like a fairly good shot that's a great great movie score robbie robertson passed away this year um r.i.p uh his his work on killers of the flower moon is really subtle but really really great i don't think it'll win the only the only reason it would win was would be kind of to like honor him in a legacy way and be like all right it's his time he passed away let's kind of give him an award which honestly like if he wins for that like fair uh i i I don't really see an issue with that i think he's had a lot of contributions to uh, the industry um all right now we got best director for a motion picture so the golden globes does this weird thing where for their acting categories and their uh movie categories like best picture categories they separate into best musical or comedy and best drama and 
for all the other awards, like screenplay and director, it's just one category. So it, it's kind of stupid, but like if you're unsure who's going to win the the motion picture categories or the acting categories, like it's fairly easy to predict based on which directors and screenplays are nominated in their own categories because there's six spots as opposed to 12. Uh, best director, motion picture, we have Bradley Cooper for uh, Maestro, movie I just watched yesterday, two days ago. Um, Greta Gerwig for Barbie, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, and Celine Song for Past Lives. Let me just say now, killer category. One of the best director categories I think I've ever seen. Like every single person on this list is an absolute killer in my mind. I'm I I love all of these directors, even Yorgos Lanthimos, who I maintain uh, I've never seen a movie of his, and he's one of my favorite directors. It's one of the it's a joke, but like I every movie he's every movie he puts out looks incredibly interesting, and I just feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna like. But obviously that's not a real take. Like I have never seen his movies. But anyway, uh, fantastic category. My predictions right now is is that it's probably Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer or Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, which are definitely two of the best movies of the year, two of the better movies of the year. Um, I actually, I didn't realize I was going to be this way when Barbie came out, but six months later now, as we're getting into award season, I actually don't think that Greta Gerwig should win um, screenplay or director awards for Barbie. And just like comparatively to an Oppenheimer or a Killers of the Flower Moon or a Past Lives. Um, I just think that all those movies are better directed and better written. Um, sorry, not sorry. Best director. Uh, so yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's going to go to Oppenheimer or Killers of the Flower Moon. If you haven't seen either of those, you got you got to go do it. I mean, these movies are going to be the talk of the town for the next three months and uh, you're missing out. All right, uh, let's jump to screenplay and then we'll get into the acting categories. Or actually, we're going to do screenplay and a couple others. Um, so yeah, best screenplay of motion picture. It's a very similar category to what I just said. But instead of Maestro, you have Anatomy of a Fall. So best screenplay is Barbie, Poor Things, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Past Lives, and Anatomy of a Fall. Anatomy of a Fall came out at the Cannes Film Festival in May uh, and then was released theatrically, I think... A month or two ago in America at least not exactly sure because it came out a bit earlier in France um, but I've heard incredible things about this film as well as the zone of interest which is a, uh, a, a, a film that is I think it's German I know it takes place in Germany but uh, let me just look that up right now but uh, f- the zone of interest is a film by uh, Jonathan Glazer and it is about um, a uh, Auschwitz command uh, commandant uh, and his wife as they try to live their dream life next to a concentration camp, which if that sounds odd and off-putting, like, I, I yes, I think it, it's supposed to be. And I've heard it is a masterpiece. And so both of these movies sh- uh, share an actress in Sandra Hewler. Hewler. Um, and so, yeah, we'll be hearing a lot about these movies. I have not seen either yet. I definitely plan on seeing them within the coming weeks especially ahead of the oscars um just putting that out now that uh you should add that to your to your movie lists um but yeah if i had to guess a best screenplay oscar i really don't know um i'm (laughs) i think i'm also gonna say it's gonna go to like an oppenheimer or a killers of the flower moon (laughs) 
But who who's to say? I don't really think besides Barbie, I think I'd be happy if any if anything won. I'd love it if Past Lives won, but uh, who knows? Uh, best motion picture non English language. Uh, you have Anatomy of a Fall, which I just talked about. The Zone of Interest, which I just talked about. Past Lives, which again I think is my favorite and one of the best movies of the year. Um, highly recommend. Uh, you have a movie called The Captain, and you have a movie called Society of the Snow, both of which I've yet to see, but I've definitely been hearing good things about. Um, I th- I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really not sure who's going to win this award because a it's the Golden Globe, so I don't really know where their priorities are at. Um, Past Lives obviously has a lot of representation across the board here, so maybe it'll go to them. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say Past Lives, but it really could be anyone. Uh, best Original Song Motion Picture. You have six nominees here, three of which come from the movie Barbie. So from Barbie, you have Dance the Night by Dua Lipa uh, and Mark Ronson. I guess all these are kind of by Mark Ronson. Uh, I'm Just Ken by Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt. And What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish and Phineas. From the movie Rustin uh, by Lenny Kravitz, you have Road to Freedom. From the Super Super Mario Brothers movie, you have Peaches by Jack Black and like four other guys. Aaron Horvath, Michael Jelinek, Eric Osman, and John Spiker. And uh, from a movie I've never heard of, there's always one or two of these in the best song category where like no one, literally no one in America has seen these movies and they just kind of like come out of nowhere because the artist is very well known. Uh, from the movie She Came to Me by Bruce Springsteen, you have a song called Addicted to Romance, which like cool. Um, this is going to go to Dance the Night Away by Dua Lipa. I, I just, I don't see it. Maybe I'm just Ken if they're feeling cheeky, but I don't think it goes to anything else. Um, okay. Let's jump to the supporting acting categories. So uh, you have best male actor in a supporting role in any motion picture. So this is musical, comedy, drama, all combined. You have um, two actors from the movie Poor Things, Willem Dafoe and Mark Ruffalo. You have Robert De Niro from Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. from Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling from Barbie, and Charles Melton from May-December. Quite literally zero surprises here. Uh, if you've been paying attention to the buzz, I think all six of these actors as of the last like month or two have been kind of locks for this award. Um, who's going to win? I have, I have no idea. It, it, this is a very competitive category. I don't think De Niro has a chance, unfortunately, just based on the, the slate. I think everyone else probably has somewhat of a chance. I think at one point, I think this summer, especially Oppenheimer, Robert Downey Jr. had like a very strong pull. Not sure where that's at now. Ryan Gosling, same thing. Um, sure, I'll give it to Robert Downey Jr. Let's see if he if he wins it. That's my prediction. Um, jumping to female actor in a supporting role in any motion picture, Emily Blunt in Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks in The Color Purple, a movie that just came out on Christmas, so yet to see it because it's Christmas today when I'm recording. Uh, Jodie Foster in Nyad, a movie about a woman who like swam maybe the English Channel or something, just, I don't know, one of those one of those movies. Julianne Moore in May-December. Uh, by the way, May-December, it's on Netflix. I've heard great things. Um, uh, I've also heard weird things. Uh, yeah, but it, it's, it's a popular movie and definitely a movie that we'll be seeing, especially in the acting categories, I think, at the Oscars. Uh, Rosamund Pike in Saltburn and Divine Joy Randolph in The Holdovers. The Holdovers is a movie that we haven't really talked about on the show. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, when it came out, it was like, oh, this is going to win Best Picture. Like, I, I think it was like a, very much a push to like get it nominated for everything. And I think it will. Like, I think not not win. I mean, who knows? But I think it'll definitely be 
a nominee. So if you haven't seen that movie, I've heard it's a it's a great holiday film for the fam. And uh, yeah, so a one to keep your eyes out on. Best female actor again. I have no idea. Although I do think that this this category is a bit weaker than I would have imagined. I don't think Saltburn, Nyad, or The Color Purple will be awarded here. Uh, so yeah, I'm just gonna put my money on Emily Blunt and Oppenheimer just because. Not that I don't think that's the best performance of the year, but I I think Oppenheimer is just popular. So Emily Blunt. Okay, the acting categories. Oh, you know what? No, let's take a break. Animated best motion picture animated. Uh, we have six nominees here: The Boy and the Heron, Elemental, which was the Pixar film from this summer, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, which will and should win, Suzume, a movie I'm not familiar with, the Super Mario Brothers movie, and Disney's Wish, which is not a good movie. Don't recommend it. Don't go see it in theaters. Don't waste your time on Disney Plus once it comes out. Uh, yeah, if Spider Man Across the Spider Verse doesn't win, I've lost all hope in the Golden Globes. All right, now the main acting categories: Best Male Actor in a Motion Picture Drama, Bradley Cooper, Maestro, Leo DiCaprio, Killers of the Flower Moon, Coleman Domingo, Rustin, Barry Keown, Saltburn, Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer, and Andrew Scott, All of the Strangers. I think this is going to go to Killian Murphy. Um, I think he, you know, I think people in general at award shows like biopics. So obviously, like that leaves in Maestro and Bradley Cooper. But I just think Killian Murphy is uh, kind of like set up at this point to start to win awards he's been patiently on the the awards trail for a long time and i think his performance is uh is definitely one of if not the performance of the year here so i'm i'm rooting for him best female actor in a motion picture drama you have lily gladstone in killers of the flower moon carrie mulligan in maestro sandra hewler or huller i'm sorry anatomy of a fall annette benning in naiad greta lee in past lives and Kaylee Spaney, uh, apologies if I'm saying that wrong, in Priscilla, uh, a movie I've heard great things about but have not seen yet. Um, this is this is a stat category, definitely. I don't think Annette Bening in Nyad will, will be at the Oscars, uh, but I think everyone else has a really good shot of being represented at the Oscars in Best Actress. Um I'm personally probably rooting for Lily Gladstone, but I'd be happy if Carrie Mulligan for, for Maestro won. I think she was fantastic in Maestro. Uh, I should mention Bradley Cooper was like incredible in Maestro as well. That's a good movie. I, I haven't said that yet. Go watch Maestro. Though There will be an episode about Maestro in a few days, but go watch that movie. Um, and of course, Greta Lee in Past Lives is like incredible and, and responsible and a and, and big part of one of the best endings in a movie this year. But... My, my money here is on Lily Gladstone in just like a powerhouse performance in Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping she takes it home. Best Female Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy. You have Fantasia Barino in The Color Purple, Jennifer Lawrence in No Hard Feelings, completely underrated movie. I think that's a great movie. Natalie Portman, May December, Margot Robbie in Barbie, and Emma Stone in Poor Things. I think this is going to Emma Stone in Poor Things without a question. Although maybe Margot Robbie in, with Barbie has a shot just because of how popular that movie is. Um, but I would be surprised if anyone else won that award. I'm going to say my lock is for Emma Stone. Um... Did I do... Oh, I didn't do male actor in a motion picture musical or comedy yet. Let's do that. Um, 
we have Nicolas Cage in Dream Scenario, a movie I haven't seen, but I'm very curious about. Timothy Chalamet in Wonka, probably we'll see that like tomorrow. Matt Damon in Air, we, I'll, I'll talk about Air in a sec, but holy cow, I can't believe Air is getting nominations here. Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers, Joaquin Phoenix in Bo is Afraid, and Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction. Surprisingly, I think like three of these performances will be represented at the Oscars. I think the holdovers in American fiction with Paul Giamatti and Jeffrey Wright definitely have like a really good shot at getting an Oscars uh, block there. I'm, I'm a bit a bit uh, hesitant to say Joaquin Phoenix and Bo is afraid, but definitely Paul Giamatti and Jeffrey Wright will be at the Oscars. Um, I don't know who's going to win this award. I have no idea. I've, I've only seen one of these movies, and it's Air with Matt Damon, and he's not going to win this award. It'd be wild if he won this award. Let's just say that. Um, so, yeah, no idea who's going to win this. Let's just say it's Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. I've heard a lot of good things about this movie, and Jeffrey Wright, who has been kind of like a like great character actor and great supporting man for his whole career, is finally in the spotlight, so good for him. Um, Jeffrey Wright is one of those guys who, like, you see a picture of and you can probably think of, like, four times you've seen him in movies. But, uh, not, not a household name, at least not yet. And let's hope that this maybe helps him get there. So, my prediction is for Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction. Okay, I think all that's left now is the best motion picture categories. So, best motion picture musical or comedy, you have Barbie, Poor Things, American Fiction, The Holdovers, May, December, and Air. I actually don't know. I mean, I... My gut tells me poor things. My heart is telling me that maybe Barbie will take it home. Um, but like American fiction also, I think, has a really good shot here just in terms of like the movies coming out in theaters now. It's been out for critics and at festivals and stuff earlier, but it's it's going to be, uh, I guess, like being watched a lot this week and the week leading up to the awards. Um, so I don't know. I'll say Barbie or Poor Things. Uh, let's just say Barbie. You know what? Let's give Barbie an award. I think that's the first award I'm I'm giving Barbie tonight. Um, Air? Air came out in March. I don't know if you remember this. We had an episode on it. No one listened to it. It's okay. It's okay. It's just, it's fine. No one really cared about the movie. Um, it's like, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. But I don't, I didn't find a lot of it to be like awards worthy. Um... This this feels like a classic Golden Globes thing where it's like Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Viola Davis, Jason Bateman. Let's get those guys in the room. Let's nominate Air for, for Best Picture. Let's nominate Matt Damon and for some reason not Viola Davis for Best Supporting Actress, even though she was the best part of the movie. Um, yeah, so I'm just like shocked it's it's represented here. But then again, it's an Amazon Prime movie. It came out in theaters, but then it was immediately streaming on Amazon Prime, and Amazon Prime holds a lot of power in this industry. Don't forget that uh, Nomadland won Best Picture in 2020, and that was an Amazon film. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it'll win Best Picture, but interesting that it made the cut here for, for musical or comedy. Okay, last category, I believe, of the night is Best Motion Picture Drama. You have Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Past Lives, The Zone of Interest, and Anatomy of a Fall. I think there's a good chance all six of these are nominated for the Best Picture Award at the Oscars. I'd say like maybe Maestro and Anatomy of a Fall are less uh, like on the bottom of that list in terms of like likelihood to get nominated, but who knows? I think they all deserve a shot at it at least. Um, again, don't really know where this is going to go, but any category that Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon are nominated, I'm putting my money on them for two reasons. Like one, they're both fantastic movies. Like. I think Killers of the Flower Moon, especially, is like uh, 
just like when you can't watch it and not feel like you're watching a masterpiece at work. I think Oppenheimer actually is more so a masterpiece than people are giving it credit for. But even I've only seen it one time and I can, I had so many questions afterwards, but the more I think about the movie and the more I digested it and the more I think about the nuances and the way they've told this story of two kind of large figures at this time in history and the way he kind of pulled this off. I actually think it's, it's, it, it's going to uh, hold a lot of weight, um, for a long time. So I'm excited to rewatch Oppenheimer. But anyway, yeah, the, these two movies are uh, both by hugely popular directors. One, of course, Martin Scorsese being like, the, I guess, like unequivocally the greatest American living uh, film director, arguably the greatest film director in the world. And by Christopher Nolan, who's kind of become this modern genius um, over the last 10 years and uh, definitely like my generation's favorite film director. And Scorsese's only won one uh, Best Director Oscar for The Departed, which was largely largely considered a makeup Oscar. And so this would kind of be like a capstone for his career to win, uh, not the Golden Globe, but like an Oscar for Best Director and Best Motion Picture. And of course, Oppenheimer for Christopher Nolan would be like a acknowledgement of his success and of his genius. To create a biopic that makes a billion dollars um, in 2023 is no easy feat and and you know he is a he's definitely a master so i i think it's got to be one of these two movies i don't know which one it'll be at this point but uh keep your eyes peeled i'll put my money on oppenheimer for now but uh yeah it's gonna be a tight race this year and i'm very excited to to keep up with it um yeah that's that's the episode gonna keep it short and sweet um you know, award season is going to be uh, long. I'm going to be out of town starting the middle of February, unfortunately. So I'll definitely try to be recording things in advance. But when the Oscars are like kind of gearing up to be aired, I'm not even sure I'll be able to be recording. Um, but we'll definitely be uh, putting out a lot of episodes within the next month or two about the movies that are being nominated and about the movies that you should be watching to prepare for award season and to just uh i guess be watching the best movies of 2023 so um thanks for listening hope you've enjoyed and we'll see you very soon uh on video village stay tuned for a lot more episodes coming up and happy holidays peace special thanks to my lovely girlfriend grupa patel for the podcast's artwork and my good friend kevin cow for the music that you're listening to now you can find more of his music on Instagram at Wei Guang Beats. Thanks, y'all.